0: Hi, welcome to the She Do That podcast. My name's Hannah La Walker, founder of She Do That, and I'll be hosting this Q&A today. I'll be chatting with the wonderful Margot Skanatovitz and Catherine Steinbacher following their brilliant episode on founding animation studios. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode, please hit pause and go check it out now. It's a really engaging chat with some incredibly thoughtful insights. Now for this episode, we asked you the listeners to send in your questions. We wanted this to be a helpful way to engage with our audience and cover anything we missed in the previous episode. We got some lovely questions in, so we'll dive into it. Please welcome Margot and Catherine. Hi, girls! (laughs) Um, thank you so much for doing this Q&A and coming back after like a year I think it's been since you guys chatted Um, but yeah how have you guys been Um, how's it been yeah moth this last year Margot what have you
1: been up to well I think yeah I I think maybe I mentioned in the podcast that we were going to we were thinking of moving studios um, and we have moved studios so we are in Wapping now which is a bit of a well it's a bit of a dead area almost but it's not like theres I don't I haven't seen animation companies it's more like like architecture and design and fashion Um, but it's very beautiful because like by the Thames so you feel like you're on holiday because you're just like on the water (laughs) Uh, and it's an old coffee warehouse Uh, it's very cozy inside like our old studio was beautiful it was quite white this one's more like wooden beams and like big metal kind of poles. Um, yeah, it's very cozy. It's It's been nice to, it's been really nice to actually almost get into a new studio after the pandemic, because it, it, it almost symbolizes like a new start, kind of let's start from scratch. And uh, with that came also kind of new rules in terms of, okay, how do we, how do we keep the flexibility, but also have some structure? So we We've decided to work, so we work from home Mondays and Fridays, and we work from the studio Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, essentially. And this is what the freelancers do as well. Um, And we've had kind of, we've seen both. We've seen freelancers that say, can I just work from home? I prefer my setup here when I'm cozy here you know I'm comfortable and we've also had people being like can I please come in the studio I'm dying to get out of the house so we've seen both I would say Uh, but yeah we've definitely not filled the studio in the way we used to just because you know since COVID we've been also working with a lot of people internationally and we keep working with them so they wouldn't be able to come in anyway.
0: Oh man, I, I'd be one of those people desperately running into the studio like, please let me in, you're coming in three days, I'll be there. Yeah, that'd be great. Just <laughs> oh, like to sit and chat. And that sounds very <laughs> idyllic as well by, by the river.
1: Yeah, it's very beautiful. <laughs> oh, that sounds
0: lovely. Yeah. And how's everything been going with you, Catherine? At studio desk? Yeah,
2: it's quite funny, Amago, that you moved because we now have a studio space as well. And it's actually the first time because when we uh, founded Studio Desk, I mean, that was during COVID. So we were, obviously, we had to all work from home. So it started completely differently. Um, But we now found a studio space, thanks to Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Just
0: planking more people towards me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, because the last time we met in, I mean, not the last time, but last time we met to record this episode um we we realized that we both living in catford <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> which is a really random yeah place and i i didn't really know anybody living in catford but then you recommended that studio space and i said to emily emily this looks really good and it's quite affordable so we need to look into this and yeah we now moved when was it like um i think it was before summer And it makes things so much easier um, because, you know, you are in the same space and you can, you know, whenever you're stuck, you can ask, you know, um, other people. And yeah, it just feels so much nicer. So, yeah, that has been great. Work-wise, it has been a lot quieter than we would have liked it to be. (laughs) But I think uh, generally speaking, I think this is something the whole industry is observing. I'm, I'm pretty sure it has to do something, you know, with COVID because during COVID there was quite a lot of work in animation because all the, you know, live action people couldn't, you know, physically meet. So I think for us it was actually really good timing to start Studio Desk during COVID, but now things this year have gone a bit quiet. Um, so it hasn't been the easiest year, but it seems like now fingers crossed it seems like that work is now coming in again. So hopefully (laughs) it will stay like that, yeah.
0: That's great news. Yeah, I think it's been so quiet for everyone this year, really. I feel like that's a problem with this industry is it's such a high and so high, so low. And I feel like we just had that really massive influx during the pandemic. So then naturally it was like, let's wait for the drop. And here we are. yeah
1: yeah exactly and yeah it's been the same it's been the same for us Uh, we had uh yeah we had a very quiet beginning of the year and then it kind of picked up more towards march april uh then we had a busy summer it was like mainly one project that kept us quite busy up to september then it was quiet again for a couple of months and now things have started coming in again and to reiterate as well It wasn't exactly just quiet so it's not that things were not coming in it's just that the things that were coming in were impossible projects so they were either very non not interesting so you know not really for a studio like us just agencies trying to get things done but you know that it doesn't really have to do with us it was more kind of corporate things or It was very impossible projects like we saw a lot of charity projects but with like impossible budgets that we're not really you know able to do anymore as a studio but yeah we talked to other we talked to other people from other studios and also in the states and they said it was the same for them and like that sounds awful but it made me feel better that i was like okay it's not just us (laughs) everyone's going through a bit of a of a difficult time and as catherine said i think it was definitely that it was that maybe agencies thought, okay let's try and you know uh, bump the animation industry the sorry the live action industry a little bit because they you know they've had quite a bad hit uh, which makes sense so i don't know let's see how this coming year is <laughs> and if it's a bit better yeah it was the same for us a lot of like
2: charities reaching out you know <laughs> And we all know, I mean, it's always nice to do something for charities, but they usually don't have that much money. So, and also you have to survive. So you have, I guess you have to find a balance, which can be quite tricky sometimes.
0: Yeah. It's especially like for you guys having, I think like being freelance, it's trickier. but then having like, considering you guys are studios, like having dependents as well, that can also like be even more challenging on what jobs you decide to take. It's like, I think as a freelancer you can maybe take a few hits with like some charity works but then if you've got like especially if you're like got studio space and all of these kinds of things like you you have to be quite considerate i imagine um with the jobs you take but yes hopefully next year it'll all level out and everyone have a nice amount of work sort of a nice mix between charity creativity and um sort of big corporate money jobs (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed
2: yeah i mean you 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 have to stay positive that's all you yeah that's
0: i think you need to do that to stay sane (laughs) oh definitely Mm. um but yeah should we jump into some questions then so we had some people asking in a competitive environment how do you build up a business Yeah, I feel like there's lots of interesting animation studios around sort of big and small, like, so yeah, how have you guys kind of built up your businesses? I suppose, Uh, Margot, do you wanna go first?
1: Yeah, sure. I think I talked about this in the podcast as well that we recorded, but essentially we never, we never decided we're going to have a business and sat down and made a business plan. It didn't really happen like this for us. It was very, very organic and gradual. Um, which maybe makes it less scary. So it was more a collective that picked up momentum. We started getting more and more work and we've naturally got into the situation where we said, "Okay, we need a joint bank account, we need uh, an agreement between us shareholders. So it was it was it was very gradually that we took all these little steps and we became a business. Something maybe I mentioned, I don't remember if I mentioned it, but, you know, we were very good at, I think, asking questions and asking for help. So if you have someone who you're friends with and has done that before you, and in our case, it was Animate uh, because we were sharing a studio with them and they had started Animate maybe a, a year and a half before us. so. You know, of course, we, do, we didn't want to take advantage of the situation completely, but a lot of times we'd say, hey, we have the situation with the clients, you know, how would you go about it? Or, you know, who, which accountant are you using? And, uh, you know, what's the best way to, I don't know, start getting employees? Like, I, I don't remember now exactly the questions, but it was really helpful to have someone who's a step ahead and they could help us either with advice or with, as I said, like solicitors they had worked with or accountants they had worked with. Um, and our accountants are actually very helpful. They ended up working with a lot of animation businesses, so they're very good at they're very good at that model and like giving advice a little bit as well on like how to do things, especially at that early stage. But yeah, I think I just I, I put some keywords down for that question that for me are very important and I think kind of sum up, you know, it's not about, it's, it's not just about learning how the practicalities of making a business actually, it's more about values that if you have, they help you survive. So the first one, I think it's like enthusiasm, to have an enthusiasm and to have a positivity, uh, to have the energy and to have the drive to do it because it is something that takes up a lot of time. It took up a lot of time of our lives, you know. For the first years, we were constantly working, putting on weekends. It was as if, you know, my life was moth for a lot of years. And as pathetic as it might sound, <laughs> I I loved it, you know, because it was a it was a, the project and it 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 was my drive in a way in life. And um, I don't think everyone can have that, and that's absolutely fine. But you have to be slightly in love with it and obsessed (laughs) to persevere because it is not easy the other thing i think that kept us together and kept us going was the collaboration that we were very good at collaborating and i don't mean that we we perfectly agree on everything we're different personalities and have different tastes in things so it's not that we have the same mind it's more that we know how to work together we like to, uh, with, I don't know, we were good at listening to each other and putting the work first instead of our personal wants and needs. We were having fun as well, like although it was difficult and we had to do a little late nights, the fact that we were still having fun, I think was very important to keep going, even when things were getting hard. Gut feeling, I think, is something that is very important to mention, some decisions you have to make informed decisions, but also you have to go with your gut feeling. So a project might come along that doesn't have all the right uh, specifications. Maybe the, the deadline is mental or the money is not great, but if you have a gut feeling that it's worth it and that it's a good risk to take, uh, maybe you should take it. And yeah, talking about risk as well, um, you have to be able to make, to take risks. Like nothing ever good comes out in life <laughs> from absolute safety um, and yeah setting up a business is a risk uh, that you have to be willing you have to want to be willing to take unfortunately otherwise it's 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 not really going to pick up and keeping informed of course um, we you know yes there is a lot of admin and legal stuff that you have to do keep informed as i said google <laughs> google things ask people around you that know better even when you freelance, when I was freelancing, I was asking actually producers that I was working with for advice or help sometimes if I, you know, had a good relationship with them or trusted them, and then I would transfer that to Moth. So yeah, that is something also you can do when you freelance, like take information from people around you.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think what you're saying about risk and um, and that not everyone can do this like can set up a studio I think is I think sometimes it's like you sort of as your career goes on you start to realize what what you want what you're capable of and stuff where you're like oh actually this is way too complicated (laughs) and scary and I don't want that for myself like and, and sometimes you find things where you're like I just love this so much I like you're saying like I just want to pour my everything into this and I like that's like really satisfying for that for however long you're doing that and I think you know I often have graduates sort of asking you know how do I do these things and sometimes it just feels like well if it's right it will be right like it's not you don't have to do certain things like sometimes it will like happen quite organically like it sounds like Moth has like done you know be quite an organic studio but yeah Catherine did you find like a similar thing that, that happened quite organically yeah
2: let me actually think if I can add something meaningful to this because like, oh, this was a really good answer <laughs> 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 You nailed it. <laughs> you, you nailed it. I think we can now all say goodbye and finish this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. and QA and done. Not, Bye. It's done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I agree to a lot of things Mago said. And for us, it started very organically as well. I mean, the way it started for us was <clears throat> I mean, again, I think we, we talked about this in the podcast before, but we both, you know, met at uni. We started working together on our BA at Kingston. Um, And then, you know, things automatically came in already. So we started working on commercial, you know, projects already on our BAs. Then we did our MAs at DRCA. And then we just, you know, naturally kept working together. It worked just really well. So what I think um, is, is really, really good is to find people you can work with really well. That are different, um, as you said, Margot. I think being different is is really really important, but you have to agree on the important things. You you kind of have to have the same ethics, knowing your boundaries, knowing your collaborator's boundaries. I think is really really important as well, and. We are interested in the same things. We are interested in the same topic. So we we agree on the important things. We have the same values. But personality-wise, we are very, very different. <laughs> I would say like Emily is a lot more organized. She's a lot more realistic. I'm, you know, too optimistic sometimes. I say yes to things that are completely impossible to do. <laughs> and then, you know, she, she grounds me a little bit. But then I would say I'm you know, more keen to take risks and, you know, try out new things. And then I think we find a really good balance. What I would say as well is to stay in contact with your friends from uni, because we still collaborate um, with them, we still work with them. If our friends are, you know, if they are getting an email, um, if they are getting a job request they can't do, they would often forward it to us. So having that you know, network is, is is really, really great. And that's something I teach as well. And because of COVID, you know, students are now, that's what I observe, are oftentimes really keen to work from their bedrooms because they got into that habit. And that's actually something I find really sad because you don't really build that network. You don't really see each other work, working together. And that's how you learn from each other and, and that definitely um, is, is so positive once you graduate as well because you keep coming back to that network and you can help each other and support each other and ask for advice as Margot said. What else? I mean, reach out to people constantly I would say. Reach out to 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 companies you like and say, I would love to work with you, don't feel sad if they don't reply and and follow up, you know, don't give up. <laughs> I would say you know sometimes you have to be a bit you know annoying, but obviously be polite and be nice to people yeah, I think that's that's it for now and And for us, I guess it's a lot of trial and error. We try out things, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't my My partner works in marketing, so I'm a bit influenced by him as well, because he oftentimes, you know, talks about marketing strategies. And I think this is something to consider as well. You know, how do you want to market yourself? And can you come up with a really good idea to promote your studio? To give you one example, like for us, the way we started, was with that flatten the curve project I talked about this in the last episode but this was a really good way to get noticed and I would say this was almost like a marketing campaign <laughs> to get noticed by other people even though it wasn't that planned but you know but things like that can really help to get noticed
0: Yeah, I actually, I was really interested in the fact that like that you brought up strategy, like marketing strategies and because I think as two creative people, that's sort of a different kind of skill. And like, you know, running studios is a different kind of skill for me, like as a freelancer, like thinking about business makes me feel a little bit sick. (laughs) and just like, generally concerned. So the idea that like, you guys that this sort of all happened quite naturally and you don't necessarily have a background in, like, marketing and, like, in, like, strategy, to, like, have you found that as things have grown and developed, that you kind of have these sort of missing pieces that maybe you needed to know a bit more about that you didn't kind of realize at the beginning, like, thinking about marketing or, like, business elements of it?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did not know anything about business before, <laughs> so um, definitely something We had to learn. There was no way around it. (laughs) We had to learn it. Um, And marketing strategies. I think this is like also something, you know, it it can be very creative or you can be very creative with it. Um, And, you know, sometimes you have ideas and then you... Emily or I have an idea and then we come together and talk about it and you know and, and then we write it down and sometimes it never happens because, you know, projects are come in and you don't have time. But you can come back to these ideas later and um and say, Okay, we had we had this like idea a couple of months ago and now we have time. Should we actually go ahead? Is it the right timing? And you can it's it can be really fun because it can be really creative, but it's definitely something you learn. And now I'm calling it mar- a marketing strategy, but at the time, you know, we didn't really think it was. It was just something, you know, we 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 came up with, and
0: yeah. But just naturals. <laughs> I wouldn't say naturals.
2: No, definitely not. But um, yes, I said a lot of, you know, you try it things. Sometimes it working sometimes it's not working but you are forced to learn these things because otherwise you know it's not enough to only be creative to
0: be able to survive um yeah because i think one of our other questions was uh running a company is another skill set how do you learn these things like paperwork legal stuff taxes
2: yeah no what i can say and i think that's the only thing <laughs> i would highly recommend get yourself a good accountant. Mm, yeah that's um, very very helpful. We we finally found a really good one. So if you need an accountant email me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah he's definitely very helpful because whenever we you know don't know how to do things we can just have a zoom call with him and yeah he's helping us he's he's brilliant so definitely get yourself a good accountant
0: oh that's great yeah I didn't realize that accountants would um so is that kind of like in terms of your business or in terms of like where you should i don't think i fully know what accountants do no it's what what he's
2: doing everything you know related to legal stuff he's doing our tax returns he's also giving you know business advice because he's just really good i'm not sure if that is if if he's doing it because Emily's also friends with him, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, that's generally speaking, he's, he's very helpful. We don't do our tax returns. Or like to give you like a bit more of a specific example, like we're going to have a, a intern starting in January and we didn't know how it works. Um, you know do you have to tell you know the government or do you have to somehow how do you do it basically it's it's something if you've never done it before you just don't know anything about it so we asked him
0: and yeah he helped us oh that's really good is that because margot you also mentioned good accountants before is that yeah. a similar experience
1: <laughs> yeah i think we have very good accountants and um yes yeah, similarly you know they would say for example okay, now, you know, now you employed people, you actually need, you know, you need to make contracts and you need an HR person to, uh, you know, to go through the contracts as well. Here's an HR company that, you know, we work with and are quite good. So, you know, because we had no idea where to find one. So we don't have an HR department in Moth. We just have like, uh, yeah, like a freelance HR person that we work with. So every time we need to, Uh, draft up contracts or say if there's an issue uh, with like an employee or a freelancer and we need advice from someone then we'll you know we'll go to this lady and she'll help us out so yeah that's that's how we do it but yeah as Catherine said it was our accountants were quite uh, quite helpful with putting us in touch or you know explaining to us kind of okay now you need to take this step and you know now you need a solicitor for this or yeah it was it was very like again as I said very gradual like you don't have to do everything at the same time you like one year you have to do one thing and a couple of years later you have to do another thing so as you grow the things you have to do accumulate but it's not like you have to do everything at once so it's not as terrifying as some people might think and also within you like within the team Whereas there's two of you or there's three of you or there's five of you everyone likes something different i don't know like dan perhaps and moth is the one who like likes to deal more with the financial stuff so he does that and you know i i don't know i <laughs> i take more care of like paying the cleaners because <laughs> yeah i usually like develop a good relationship with them So it's like it depends like every person or, you know, uh, Dave will pay the salaries. I don't know, like every person has taken on a role that they do every month. And yeah, we keep that separate. People are like
0: naturally inclined to certain parts of it. Like those roles just kind of get filled. Did you find?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or like when we're called to do talks, I'm usually the most enthusiastic. one. We're like, I want to go to the talk. <laughs> so they're like, OK, let, let Margot just do it, you know. The social stuff, <laughs> um, can I
2: ask a question? <laughs> of course, please do. <laughs> <laughs> and did this did this happen quite organically as well, or did you decide you have to do f- the finances? You're paying the cleaners, So how did it How did it start? No,
1: very organically, again, you just you just observe what people tend to do. and and also, i get I get financial things less than Dan and Dave. Uh, I know this sounds very cliche, but it's just. You know, they just understand some things better than me. I'm like, fine, you do it. You do it with this. I trust you. I'll just, you know, um, yeah. Or I'm someone that, I'm someone that in general, even in my personal life, I don't check my account very often, you know. Whereas Dan checks every week and he's like, this is how much we've got in the account. Now we need to transfer this money from the dollar account. He just likes doing it. So, (laughs) yeah she has a brain for it
2: <laughs> it's exact same thing for us it's it's a bit like being in a relationship and everybody has you know certain things they're good at and 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 enjoy um I think it's just important to make sure that you know it's equal and everybody's happy about it um so I guess it's a lot about you know communicating it's a lot about communication and for us it's it's yeah it's the same Emily's doing all the the text things or she's and we naturally fell into this. Whereas I do more, you know, social media.
0: Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Oh, that's really, I think it's so, it's so nice because I do feel like when you look at like you guys are from the outside, it does, it, you, you kind of have a natural assumption like, oh, it must be very, they must have thought about all of this and then went,
1: doof, no. here it is.
0: <laughs> and it's so nice to hear that it just like evolves and like is quite a natural process rather than, you know, starting with all the answers.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we started Studio Desk very naively, thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be fine. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then our accountant asked us all these questions like, what's your business plan? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And we we're like, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot of, you know, you're just trying it out. And if it works, it works. If not, then it doesn't, I guess.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was gonna say, do you have time for another question? I don't know if, yeah. So I think we've got one that I thought was interesting was um, what are the pros and cons of founding a studio as a foreigner in the UK? And I think, yeah, Margie was saying something about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, fortunately for me, when I opened the studio with guys, um, the UK was still in Europe. It still feels weird to say that. So I didn't encounter any difficulties uh, being a Greek, Italian, opening a business with uh, two uh, English residents. And my experience was very good in that the UK is actually very good for opening a business because it's quite easy. All you need really is like what five pounds in your bank account like it's really easy to open a bank account you don't really need to prove much in terms of income Uh, i don't know i think like you can literally do it in a day or two whereas in greece uh, or spain that i so i have some friends living there it is so complicated it's very bureaucratic you need quite a large sum of money in your bank account in order to open an ltd yeah it's 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 very difficult so um, it actually puts a lot of young people off from you know starting something just because they think it's just so unattainable that they probably don't even try. I have to say I don't live in Greece, I haven't lived in Greece for a year, so I don't know if things are changing, but yeah, that's kind of where i've where where I've left it that it's 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 quite bureaucratic, so yeah, I would say it's it's good to open something in the u k yeah at least when we opened it.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree with Mago. It's super easy uh, compared to Austria, very complicated. And I actually talked with my friend today. She's from the UK, but she, um, her boyfriend is from Spain and they have been living in Sp- or they lived in Spain for a couple of years. And she said it, it takes like half a year to set up a company in Spain, apparently. And I think in the UK, you can literally do it in an hour. <laughs> and there is there is actually this really helpful guide um, on gov.uk. It's called A Setup Limited Company Step-by-Step. <laughs> so all you need to know is, you know, you you have to choose a name. You have to choose the directors of the company, which in our case, it's Emily and me. And then you have to prove it. And then you each have to pay one pound into the, the bank account that proves that you're both 50-50. So let's say if I would only pay half of the amount than Emily, then, you know, she would own more of the company than me. So it's important that both of you pay the same amount of money. And then you have to, yeah, just prove your identity.
0: I think that's what you need to do. I mean, that sounds very affordable. Yeah. Two pounds to
1: start a company. <laughs> <laughs> And at some point you can do, yeah, you can do a shareholders agreement. And that's exactly as well when you define who are the directors of the company, who is the CEO, who's the CCO, if there is one. And yeah, what percentage does each have? Yeah. And then you can amend it if, you know, if new members come in and stuff. But yeah, I would say the same, just like, <laughs> yeah, an hour. <laughs> yeah, And
2: you have to update your records, but... If you have an accountant, that accountant will remind you of doing that. (laughs) So you have to do that once a year.
1: And they do it for you too. So if you change address, just the accountants do it all for you.
2: I think it is still easy if you have settled status. I think it's a lot more difficult now if you decide to move to to move to the UK now I think I don't know how it works now I think it's I think it must be a lot more complicated now but if you have pre-settled or settled status I think it's still the
0: same yeah it's difficult to, uh, to comment on how things are right now because um, yeah things have been changing a lot in the last uh, in the last couple of years but no I mean that's great to know that it is um, pretty reasonable to set up a business in the UK though and yeah maybe should we just have one last question? Do you guys just thinking about that? As like, do you guys have any advice for graduates? I think it'd be nice if if anyone else was thinking about setting up their own studios or anything, or in general freelancing. Yeah, is there anything you guys would recommend? Uh,
1: do you, I mean I have a list here.
0: <laughs> I, love- <laughs> I
1: have a list. I love a list. <laughs> read through. I could also like yeah post it to you. You have it, Hannah. So you can like put it somewhere. And people I'm gonna can look print at it. it out uh, on my wall
0: and actually use this
1: <laughs> as a guide for me. <laughs> I think it's like I've mentioned things so much when I teach that it now I have this like Bible. <laughs> uh, do you wanna say, do you wanna start, Catherine? Um,
2: yeah, just really quickly, I would say you know. I mean, I mentioned this before, find people you can work with really well. Also, you know, try to make up your mind before you go into the industry. What are the things you like and what are the things you don't like? Do you want to be like an animator or do you want to be like a director? Because that's a huge difference. You know, not everybody wants to be a director. I have like friends who ended up being animators um, and they, they love it. Or people who studied animation, they... Ended up being producers because they really like that. So know what you want to do once you graduate. And don't worry if you don't know yet. I mean, give yourself the time to, to figure it out a little bit. Try out different things. I always knew that I wanted to direct. So I knew that I wanted to have that control. Kind of like immediately. I mean, we were both freelancing for a little bit. But then we immediately, you know, started Studio Desk. So that came quite quickly. What I said before, you know, stay in contact with your peers. This is where you get your jobs from (laughs) or they will pass jobs on
0: to you on if they can't do it. Yeah, I think it is so surprising how many jobs you do get from just people, you know, rather than like, I don't know, like just word of mouth is like, I feel like much more effective sometimes than... I don't know, posting on Instagram. Mm,
2: definitely. And I mean, reach out to people, ask for advice. You know, it's quite, it's, it's a really nice industry and uh, people are, you know, happy to to talk to you and, and give you advice. So so email people and, and constantly ask if they have jobs or, you know, just for general advice. But what else? I would say what, what's really good as well is to, have a studio space to surround yourself with other creatives now that we moved into our studio space in catford it's really great to you know build your network there are other animators and illustrators and you know those people keep passing on work to us as well or you know you can ask them if they (laughs) want to work for you so i think that's really good as well Margot, do you have anything? You probably have a lot of things to add as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can add. So yeah, definitely some of the ones were the ones you mentioned, like keeping a network. I'll just read it through like a book. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. So, so I, you know, the first things is about contacting people. Don't contact all the studios. Contact the ones that you find more relevant to your current work or the work that you aspire to do. It is a waste of both's time, and that's true, you know, if you are a hand-drawn animator that graduated from Kingston and, you know, if you email The Mill or frame store, they're not going to reply to you probably because there's nothing to do with your work. Uh, don't get deflated if a studio does not reply to you. It's most probably because they're very busy, not because they're rude. Try emailing again in a week or two and keep emailing every time you have some new work that you want to share. They will eventually reply. Send brief emails, five lines. No one has the time to read your life story or your artist statement. I'm sorry, (laughs) a few lines with your intention, availability, and a link to your work is enough. If people want to read more about your practice, they can visit your website.
0: Oh my God, that's so true. I feel like the producers that I've spoken to are like, I have less than 10 seconds to read an email, especially when it's from people. The idea that like you get this like block of text, it's like, I, I'm so sorry, I don't have the time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a really good advice,
2: Mugo. <laughs> because we sometimes get emails, you know? It literally would take us half an hour to read. So yeah, just one, two sentences... And a link to your website. Don't attach PDFs. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of people do that as well. They send their portfolios. They send PDFs. And usually, from my experience, you know, people are less likely to look at PDFs and download PDFs. So they land in your, you know, chunk email. So a good website.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Do some free work if you must, but not for longer than two weeks everyone should be able to afford to pay a helper or an intern. You don't have to be a director just because universities make you do your own film. Be a director if this is really what you enjoy. At my level, directing involves a generation, boarding, sometimes design, and then solely directing the team and supervising everyone. You don't get to animate anymore. Whether a designer, storyboard artist, animator, modeler, rigger, compositor or director, the animation industry is highly collaborative. Take a step back and put the work first, not your ego. You get a different kind of satisfaction from when you work on your film. Nothing is your baby anymore, but you create something as a team and you get a collective joy.
0: Oh, that's such a nice, like, <laughs> that's that's so true. <laughs> I, I feel like that's like, must be such a hard lesson for directors coming out to reckon with if they're the sole person working on their film, to then suddenly be collaborating and being like, oh no, this is our, now it's our project kind of thing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but it's such
0: a wonderful idea to embrace that it's, you know, yeah, it's a collective joy.
1: Oh, I like that. <laughs> Formal. Nothing will ever be as hard or as lonely as making your graduation film. Everything is better from now on. Big smiley face. (laughs) Keep positive, keep trying if this is what you want to do. If you don't want to do this, that is also absolutely fine. The world is full of opportunities. Okay, so if you've studied animation and then you come out of it and think, actually, this is not making me happy, that's okay. And lastly, when you freelance, keep headphones off sometimes and listen to the studio noise. You can hear how directors talk how producers communicate etc and get an understanding of the production process so that if you then want to create a team or a collective then you get this information of how people communicate and then you can take that in your own studio that's it from me
0: <laughs> i think that's so important because i think you've both touched on that the sort of being around people and i guess that's also from both your experience of starting studios like you you were around people at uni and that's how this all like kind of began for you. Like the beginnings of your studios is like spending time and engaging with people in like a meaningful way rather than uh, <laughs> headphones on, yeah. uh, eyes down, you know? Yeah,
2: that was really good, Margot. <laughs> Can you send me that list?
0: <laughs> we're all printing out the list.
2: <laughs> and I, I just want to say, well, it was really good. Um, and I, I totally agree. And I think that is what a lot of people don't know. If you go down the route of wanting to be a director you oftentimes end up not animating anymore (laughs) 100 percent, yeah so if you really love animation if you really like animation then that's definitely something to consider yeah i hardly i mean for this project i i'm i'm going to do some animation but most of the times we hire animators we hire freelancers Yeah, because directing just takes so much time, designing and storyboarding and all of these things. We still do ourselves, but not so much. We don't really animate that much anymore.
0: I think it is crazy. Like, like, as a freelancer, I always assumed that there would be I was like oh what are directors doing all day you know I'm sure they've got time to <laughs> animate and they like direct. notes
1: we have to gather so many notes for everyone <laughs>
0: yes. yeah it's wild like because I I did like a little directing project over the summer and I was like oh yeah I'll animate on it that's fine and then I was just like there is no time when will I ever animate? oh my god yeah I had no idea how how many notes one gives as a director it's like and and there's so many different parts that you're um trying to be all over all at once but and you know clients you get so much feedback from clients and then you have to constantly
2: change things in your design in your storyboard and that just takes a lot of time
1: and negotiate you you have notes but you're not going to make do them all you have to no. negotiate which ones you're doing yeah and then for you to be able to negotiate and make decisions you need to be aware of the budget and the financial things can we make those changes what is the financial implication of that does that mean we need an extra animator let's have a meeting with our producer to discuss this let's have a meeting with the agents to discuss this and then the day is gone you know it's not Yeah, I haven't animated in ages, in years. I just don't have the time. Yeah, that's a really good point
2: because, you know, those things take a lot of time. And also what you just said, Mago, that you don't have to do all the things they tell you to do. So you can definitely be confident enough to say, look, I don't think this is a good idea and then tell them why you think it's not a good idea so have a good good argument have a good reason and then oftentimes you know clients would say yes you're right actually that's so much better or you know money and just to give you like a example we're doing a, a project at the moment um, for the BBC and it's very low budget so they sent us this morning a feedback saying you know in this scene we want to have loads of people walking around but you know we don't have the time and the money to animate 12 walk cycles (laughs) so we had to tell them look we can't do it because we don't have the time and the money so can we do it differently can we do it like that and give them examples of things you can do instead so definitely don't have to agree with with all the things and you can disagree with your producers as well and say look you need to push back on this
0: i mean that's great it's like it's just so i think that's the thing is like it is so collaborative Uh, it seems like at every point you're always having conversations and trying to find the best route through yeah oh gosh oh this has been great (laughs) i feel i feel like you know relieved in the sense of that not everyone just like has it all figured out from like the absolute get-go that it's like a kind of organic process and that people are sort of like you know growing and developing over time
2: i mean to be honest most of the time winging it
0: (laughs) we don't know we haven't figured we definitely have not figured it out yeah I mean you're both amazing and it's really wonderful to talk to you about all of this and I'm excited excited for the studios that hopefully will pop off after this podcast yeah
1: <laughs> oh sure no it was, it was a pleasure like I really yeah thank you for bringing us together as well yeah so nice to meet you
0: F- thanks so much for inviting yes. me
2: yeah, and I think it's just really important to, to say that, you know, we don't know anything. And even though it sometimes looks from the outside that, you know, everybody's doing great, everybody's doing well. But it's, it's not like that, you know, um, it, 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 oftentimes you are struggling as well and learning and failing. And, you know, that's just part of it. It's not all amazing and great all the time. But yeah, obviously, as Margot said, have fun. That's definitely never, never,
0: never forget to have fun yeah having fun is very important and also finding people to have fun with like I think yeah no it's great guys
1: thank you so much thank you thank you it's been really lovely (laughs) yeah
0: thanks so much a huge thank you to Margot Skonatovitz and Catherine Steinbacher for all their wisdom it's been so lovely to chat with them about their studios and we really hope you found it useful Thank you to you the audience for listening and sending in your questions. We really hope you enjoyed the Q&A. We look forward to hearing your feedback. Stay tuned for our next episode and from everyone at She Drew That, thank you for listening.